Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Awesome. Hey everyone, uh, as Marty said, my name is Chris. If I haven't had the privilege of meeting you before, uh, me and my, and I say this every week because it's so, so true, my stunning wife, Jackie, uh, we get the absolute privilege of being the youth and young adults pastors here at Elevation Church. Uh, what I believe, and I'm probably biased, but uh, I have the microphone so I can say what I like, uh, the best church here on the West Coast. Um, so it's, uh, I definitely believe that it is not by accident that you are here today. Uh, even if you're just visiting, you're like, oh, we kind of seen it on the way through once before, so we thought we might stop. Uh, can I just encourage you, it's not an accident that you're here. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have a little bit of fun uh, in the house tonight, today, this morning. <laughs> it's early. Um, Forgive me, uh, if you brought a friend and you are a regular here, uh, please don't leave and go, oh, guys, sorry, this isn't the normal pastor. Um, Marty will be back next week. So, no, no, no. Uh, no, we're going to have a bit of fun. Uh, I'm a youth and young adults pastor, so I believe that we need to have fun in the house of God. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, if you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, uh, you will have heard, or actually, even the last season, the last term, uh, we've talked a lot about what it is to find your purpose, to uh, step out in faith. We've gone through our legacy series. So, we've talked a lot about, like, being able to sow. We're sowing into uh, the next generation and in, in into the Solomon Islands and into a whole bunch of other things. And we talk about having this step of faith uh, and how exciting it is when we step out in faith. And But I think uh, personally for myself, and I believe the church doesn't talk about it enough, and I want to take a moment to talk about it today, is what does it look like when we finally take that step of faith and what can we expect so uh, if you're a nerd and you have your notebook with you, uh, but all the nerds get a fast pass, I always say it's like a fast pass when we get to heaven, you'll be able to jump the queue, jump into heaven a bit quicker than everybody else. Um, if you were going to have a message, uh, title for this message, I would say it's called What to Expect When Expecting. What to Expect When Expecting. Uh, we are going to read through quite a bit of scripture, so I'll try and jump straight into it. Uh, if you have your Bible with you, uh, can you turn to Matthew 4? Uh, if you don't, it should be up on the screen behind me, but uh, Matthew 4 is where we're going to start today. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I'll give you a bit of context. So uh, Matthew 3, we see Jesus, uh, not the baby, but the man. Uh, he is just about to start his ministry. Uh, before he starts his ministry, uh, he wants to do the right thing. He wants to set an example, so he decides to get baptized. So he goes to see cousin John, John the Baptist, uh, 
that's his occupation, not uh, the denomination he goes to. Uh, and uh, he gets baptized. And then we're just about to read where he gets led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Um, so uh, follow along with me. I might even get some crowd participation at some point. So be prepared if you thought, oh, yes, a slow, quiet Sunday morning where I don't have to do anything. You were sadly mistaken. Um, all right, so uh, we're going to go, uh, we're going to start from, uh, we'll start from one, all the way from one. So it says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit. Now I want everyone to say Spirit. Yes. Amazing. You guys are good and you're looking good today. Led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Everybody say tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was, everybody say, hungry. Uh, if I've ever seen a more, like, that's a that's a pretty obvious statement in the Bible. There it is right there. 40 days and 40 nights without eating. Uh, I literally ate like half an hour ago, and I'm already hungry. So, uh, And the tempter came and said to him, if... You are the Son of God. Command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And... On your hands, uh, on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put your, the Lord your God to, uh, to the test. Again, the devil took him, I imagine very uh, frustrated at this point, him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. The devil chucked a tanny and he left him. And behold, angels came and we uh, and, and were ministering to him. Uh, I'm going to pray and then uh, let's dive into this. God, I thank you so much that we don't just get to come to a place, but we get to stand together no matter our color, our creed, our belief, and we get to hear your truth. We get to hear the truth. God, I pray that you would make our hearts good soil, that you would speak through me, Father God, and deposit something into our hearts today. In your name we pray, amen and amen. All right. Uh, for those of you taking notes, point one is this. Satan will try to distract and discourage you with half-truths with half-truths. Does he lie? Absolutely. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, but he also comes to twist. What happens? All right, so let's break this down a little bit. So the first thing we see is that 
Satan or the, the devil has come to find Jesus at a weak point. He's just stepped out, just started his ministry. He's doing what the Father has sent him on this earth to do and start on the path, right? Uh, and he's gone 40 days, 40 nights without eating. And the devil goes, oh, he must be hungry. No, duh, right? Hey, you, the son of God, if you are the son of God, could turn these stones into bread. How about you do that? Cool magic trick, right? Um, and Jesus kind of like clicks back, snaps back, whatever you want to call it. And he actually goes, uh, no, for uh, it is written that you shall not live by bread alone, right? devil starts to get a little bit cluey and he goes, okay, starts to quote scripture to him. So notice here, the devil's actually going to start to quote scripture. It says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Is he wrong? No, but it's incomplete scripture. And I think what an incredible example of what our lives look like. How many times have we gone, all right, you know what, I'm going to take that step of faith. You know what, I'm actually, uh, I feel like God's put on my heart to sow this much money. I feel like God has asked me to get away from this toxic relationship. Maybe it's God's asked you to move somewhere different or do something that is so far out of your comfort zone that it's impossible without him. And the devil comes back and he goes, hey, uh, I don't know if um, sowing that much money every week is a good idea. I mean, think about it. You're a single parent. You have to look after two kids. Um, you kind of just make enough money to scrape through. Look, maybe let's give it a rest. We can think about this another time. Very, very real consequences there. Very, very real situation. Maybe it's God wants you to move to another occupation, but in order to do so, you actually need to study again. And in your head, you're like, you know what? I actually don't have the time, the money, or could be bothered studying again. And the devil goes, yeah, that's right. You don't have the time, money, or the like patience to study again. Maybe we just put that to one side, and we can try that later when you have a little bit more money and time. The devil will always use these little truths and spin them to make them bigger or incomplete, just like he does here with Jesus. And he tries it again and tries to get Jesus to fall down and worship him, but Jesus snaps back again, I imagine with three clicks, and was like, uh-uh, Satan, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. I think this is an incredible example for us to be able to go, okay, what incomplete truths or what half-truths has the devil used to try to discourage us from the call of God on our lives? Maybe for young people here, it's, oh, actually, my parents don't listen to me at home. 
or like I don't have any real sway with what happens at school. Like I don't have a lot of friends anyway. So what would be the point of living a, you know, a life where I'm sold out for Christ? Can I encourage you that First Timothy, I haven't even got this in my notes. First Timothy, I want to make sure I get this right. First Timothy 4:12 says, "Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity." Can I encourage you, it doesn't matter what your circumstance looks like, God, if you trust him, has it under control. Give me another example, Chris. I'm glad you asked. Everyone, can you turn your books, uh, turn your Bibles to Matthew 14 for me? Again, if you don't have it, it'll be up here on the screen. Uh, And it goes a little something like this. It says, uh, so to give you a bit of an idea, Jesus just fed a whole bunch of people. The disciples have fed a whole bunch of people uh, with um, like fish sticks and bread. Uh, And he sent the disciples off before him. He needs to pray. He's prayed. And now he's going to go and meet the disciples on the water. Anyway, it says this. So we're going to start from, um, we're going to start from verse 24, 14 verse 24. But the boat by this time was a long way away from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. Pretty gangster. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He, talking about Jesus, said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand. And took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. What can we learn from this? Well, One, when I think about Peter, so there's a couple of things. It never says in here, and you've probably heard, if you've heard this, you've um, preached before, you've probably heard this point before. It never actually says how far Peter walked out that boat. It just says he stepped out. Jesus could be... Jesus could be a kilometre away for all we know. But at some point, Peter recognised the very real danger, consequences and environment he was in the, and they're very real. His doubt was, well, his, his worries were very, very real and very uh, legit, right? Uh, he could see the wind and was worried about it. What happens? He takes his eyes off what God had, call, like the fact that God had called him, and he starts to sink. But something that I love here is it says, immediately Jesus reaches down his hand and pulls him up. Can I encourage you? I don't know what the step is of faith that God's called you to today. 
I, I, for me, it'll look different to what yours is. For you, it'll look different to what the person sitting next to you does. Unless your husband and wife, I'd hope it's the same thing. But it'll look, but our, our purpose, our calling, our leap of faith is going to look different. But what is it that God's got you called to? Are you going to, uh, is there going to be real danger? Yeah, absolutely there is. But can I encourage you, take that step. And if you start to sink, Jesus is right there, ready to pick you up. Peter's doubts come from real concerns. So can I encourage you, don't let your finances disqualify you. Don't let your age disqualify you, whether it's young or old. Can I encourage you? We don't do life in ages. We do life in stages. You still have so much value to bring to the house of God, to bring to the next generations, to to be able to raise up the leaders that this nation, that this world, that this place needs. Do not disqualify yourself. Maybe the, you've disqualified yourself because you feel like you're not qualified for the job. Can I encourage you, God doesn't call the qualified. Quite often, he'll qualify the cold and he'll elevate them because he knows that he'll be able to work through them and work with them because they're not going to be able to do it in their own strength. So how do we prepare for this? I'm a fairly practical dude, so I'm hoping that I have a few practical solutions for you. What to do when you're expecting. Uh, Number one is we need to trust God fully. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God is the author of our lives and his purpose and his plans and his will for us is good. Number two is this, we need to be spirit-led. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. (gasps) But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. You will live for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you, uh, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, that's Romans 8, 13 to 15. We need to be seeking God daily. When the devil comes uh, to Jesus and starts quoting Scripture, the Scripture he's quoting is not wrong, but it's incomplete. How does Jesus know? Because he spent time as a child. He spent time in the synagogue. He spent time in his Word. He knew his Father intimately. So when the devil came with half-truths, When the devil came with incomplete scripture or lies, Jesus knew what was up. He knew that, no, 
I know I don't need to listen to you. I know I don't need to bow down to you. I know that what you're saying is incorrect because I know what my Father says. We need to seek God daily. Number three is this, God is our Redeemer. Psalms 37, this is 23 to 24. It says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. Are we going to miss the mark? Absolutely we're going to miss the mark. Are you going to fall short when you're doing something you've never done before? I would hope so. uh, Because people that get everything right all the time, so frustrating, right? (laughs) But are we going to miss the mark? Absolutely. But God will still use it. He turns all things for good. He will use it. We need to remember, number one, we need to trust God fully. That's not like, I'll trust you up to here, God, because that's kind of where our budget ends. And so anything past our budget, I'm sorry, but it's just not going to cut it. No, that's not trusting God fully. That's trusting what we have the ability to do. And if God fits into our schemes or our plans, then sweet, we're happy to go along for the ride. But if he falls out of line of the, uh, of the run sheet that we've made up, sorry, God, like, that's where you've lost me. No, we need to trust God fully. Final one is this, just before we finish is faith is a lifelong journey, not something to be mastered. This life is meant to be done in faith. Our journey with God is done in faith. We don't walk along this life thinking, ah, I've got this faith thing down. Anyone need some extra faith? I've got heaps of it, like I've mastered it. Anyone want to do a faith class, a 101 on faith? I've got you. It's all right. It'll be like 20 bucks for a seminar, but it's all good. No, faith is not one of those things you master. Faith is a journey. It's a lifelong journey. Why is that important? Because everything we've just talked about requires us to not just step out in faith, but to walk and carry faith with us, no matter where we go or what we do. And God wants to do that journey with us. So just as Ben jumps up for me, uh, I'll ask that everyone close your eyes and bow your heads. But I want to ask you a question, a really, really real question, a wheelie, wheelie, wheel question. Where are you on this journey? Maybe you've already taken that leap of faith and you need to trust God fully. Maybe it's you need to be reminded that He is our Redeemer. No matter what we do, no matter where we fall short, God will redeem it. Maybe it's we need to be okay with the fact that we don't have everything together. We don't know the whole plan, but we trust God with everything because we recognise that faith is a lifelong journey. Maybe for you, It's your first time here in a long time. 
Maybe it's your first time here in a house of God ever. And can I encourage you, we're going to give you an opportunity in a moment where you can accept Christ into your heart. Maybe take that leap of faith. Wherever you are on this journey, I want to encourage you that just like when Peter was sinking, God is right there. He wants to reach out His hand that He can pull you up and continue the journey with you. Can I encourage you, Peter goes on after doing all of this to deny Jesus three times for Jesus to then come back and tell him that he's and then for him to build his church on on Peter. Talk about failure at his greatest and grace at its most purest. So where are you on this journey today? With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you're saying, Chris, I want to take this opportunity to invite God into my life that I could start to do this journey of faith. This journey where I recognise that I don't know everything, I don't understand everything, but that's okay because He's got it in control. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. We raise our hands not to pull you out the front or get like embarrassed or anything like that, but it's because when something is happening on the inside, when we react physically on the outside, it makes it that much more real for us and helps us to recognise that this is a line in the sand moment. So on the count of three, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. One, He loves you. Two, He's waiting for you to stick your hand out and open up your heart. Three, every hand here making that decision right now goes up. Yeah, I see that hand at the back. Thank you. Anyone else? We're just waiting. We just, we'll leave a moment. I don't want to wait for, I, I don't want to, yeah, I see that hand there. Thank you very much. Come on. We don't want to miss any opportunity to make this decision. Secondly, if you're in this place and you've made this decision before, but this is your first time in a long time and you're saying, God, I need to trust you fully because I recognise that I've tried to do it my way or I've, I've stepped out and the, the devil's discouraged me by my circumstances or my situations or whatever that looks like for you. And you're saying, Chris, I want you to pray for me. I want to trust God fully. On the count of three, I want you to put your hand up. One, two, three. Yeah, I see that hand. Yeah, I see that hand. Come on. Yeah, I see that hand. That's amazing. Come on. Hands going up all over the place right now. I see that hand. Come on. Jesus' name. Come on. I see that hand. Thank you, God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray together like a family, repeating after me. God, make me a new creation. My life is yours. I trust you fully. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. 
and my Redeemer. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Can we have a massive round of applause for all those people making decisions?